0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online as you cover this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I also want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen. Free and available today and every day wherever it is that you get podcast apps, services, wherever we are there. And for our last bit of the business up front, uh, if you don't know me, I am your host Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Guardians. I have been since the show began. Uh, Before this, I was the lead prospect and draft analyst at 24-7 and scout. Before that, I wrote or appeared on every single Cleveland sports blog that you are currently reading. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me on today's episode. And should we talk with the CBA, (laughs) do our daily dose of CBA? It seems 100% sure that there is going to be a universal DH. I think we can essentially read between the lines enough to know that that is indeed coming. And unfortunately... Not ideal for your Cleveland Guardians. You might be going, well, why isn't that ideal? Because there's less bats. Simple supply and demand. And we talked about with new minority ownership coming in, that there was a chance they'd maybe have a little bit more to spend and that we could be looking at conceivably, uh, you know, maybe at the high end, if they did have money to spend, maybe they could chase someone like Kyle Schwarber to be a first baseman or DH. Unfortunately, now I would put those odds at very, very low. You couldn't go out there and look at a team like the San Francisco Giants that could conceivably use him and, you know, haven't really spent in free agency. I mean, they lost their own, you know, big free agent uh, to uh, to Baltimore or not Baltimore <laughs> to Toronto. He started out in Baltimore way back in the day. But yeah, they uh, they could have some money to spend. They could have that need. There could be other teams. And with that DH coming, I mean, we all knew it was happening. It was more than likely something that was going to take place. Universal DH made too much sense from all sides that it does, like I said, it limits what's out there on the market. It makes there more openings. And it also, you know, we talked about how many times like the New York Mets on this very podcast. Well, J.D. Davis is now set to be their DH. Dom Smith could still be a player that they conceivably move, but with the DH coming... I know Roster Resource has Robinson Cano. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I need to look at the Robinson Cano contract, but I, I, he could be cut. Like, I mean, you're not going to play him just because, yeah, he's signed through 2023. Ouch. Uh, I, he's 39 years of age. He didn't play at all last year. And when you go back to 2020, uh, I mean, he, he hit well in 49 games. It was a very small sample size. Uh, The year before that, his first year at the Mets, he was a below-league average bat. Uh, Before that, I mean, he was still productive into his, you know, mid-30s offensively. Defensively, he was a mess. Conceivably, he could, could be the DH for the Mets, but after a year off, and he was just recently, well, recently in November, taken out of the Dominican Winter League because of a lower back problem. And let's see, and, you know, he turned 39 in October. I, I think Davis is going to be the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Cano is a buyout candidate for them. They have the money to do it, and he seems to be kind of a waste of a roster spot right now. So, yeah, Robinson Cano. I, I don't think, even though Roster Resource has him there, that is going to happen. But, yeah, it, it just makes things less likely. It makes a lot of trades a lot more difficult to figure out if you are a Guardians fan. We have talked about free agency. has been kind of picked over in terms of outfielders. I don't know what's going to necessarily happen. you know I will still sit back and say you know, some of my favorite targets. you know we talked about Austin Hayes just last week on the show, why he makes a ton of sense, why you can make a deal work um, with some lesser pieces and honestly again, you know we looked at things like making it work with Jimenez, look, making it work with Gabriel Aias. Something like that makes sense for Baltimore and Cleveland uh, and again, if Baltimore were to lose Hayes from their outfield uh, you're looking at like Ryan McKenna or DJ Stewart or Jorge Mateo as an everyday starter and those are interesting players those are not like terrible options for them going forward at that position Uh, they don't have anyone super quick but you know you're assuming that's well I guess Kyle Stowers would be the guy right he had a pretty good year for them um, a year ago And in AA this past year, he had a 152 run created plus, a 283 average, 377 on base, 561 slugging. Strikeout rate is really high. That is your concern for the former Louisville outfielder who, you know, he had some run heading into that final year. And did not have the best final year um, in terms of his college career. Kind of that's why he pushed into, I'm sorry, he was Stanford, not Louisville. I think Josh Stowers was the, the Louisville kid. But Kyle had potential first round buzz, ended up going in the second, as I pull up his stats here. Yeah, like his uh, his junior year was almost the same production as his sophomore year, and you're kind of hoping for that step forward and never came. But he's a top 10 prospect for them, and they still have, again, down in that pipe, uh, You know, Heston Jurstad, who they spent a high pick on, Colton cowser who they spent a high pick on. They have young players coming up, so... Hayes for an infielder still makes a ton of sense. Uh, And then the other one that is less likely now, if we went and talked about Miami, I I explained all the reasons why um, Garrett Cooper would have been an ideal candidate. And Roster Resource currently has him on the bench. Guy can't stay healthy. When he's healthy, he hits. So those are still kind of those under-the-radar guys I would like to see. Uh, a, a deal get figured out, you know, we all talk about Mullins, we talk about Reynolds, but Hayes, Garrett Cooper, they may not generate the talk, but if they don't have a spot, if indeed Brian Anderson is uh, the first base, or the DH for Miami, because they went out and traded for Joey Wendell, then uh, yeah, all of a sudden Garrett Cooper's available, I would strongly consider talking about trying to add him, uh, and again, we'll see if Fran will can handle defensively, I uh, see if Cooper could hold up at first, but those are deals that make you better as a team. I don't think is there anyone out there, honestly, right now who uh, feels super confident about Bobby Bradley having a breakout this year? I, I just I don't feel that enthusiasm. And I know Alfield is the bigger need, But again, Austin Hayes, that is my option there. That is the guy who you want Mullins and Reynolds are super expensive. The Indians aren't going to pony up. Let's just be honest, they're not. The, this is, I should say the guardians. Their whole MO outside of the Andrew Miller deal, and especially since that deal, if that deal was super effective. They've not been willing to pay the price. They just haven't. They have nibbled at the corners. They don't want to sell the future now for a chance to win, and they don't want to completely tear everything down. They're trying to run that middle road to success, and that means that you're looking for those kind of secondary deals. You're looking at who could potentially be an upgrade with multiple years control, and that's why again, you know, an Austin Hayes or the like stands out. It's why you know Kyle Schorber, who's still in his twenties, would have made sense. But again, I think right now, when you're all of a sudden have all these NL teams that could use a DH, now some of them, like the Mets, already have some built in. But the the Giants, uh you know, the Nationals, the Phillies, I know you can move some guys around with the Phillies, but there's a lot of spots where these teams could go out and and it's not just Schwarber, he's the big name. Jorge Soler would have made sense as kind of a a poor man's version of Schwarber. Uh, Those guys should get contracts now. All of a sudden, every National League team is opening a new spot for a hitter, and that's kind of our big CBA talk for the day. It's a good addition for baseball, it is a bad addition for your Cleveland Guardians. We're going to take our first break here, come back, and talk more baseball, of course. And our first sponsor is longtime friend of the show and longtime product that I use. That is builtbar.com. Churro puffs are back. Those are one of my favorites. You can actually get a puffs mix box with the coconut, banana and churro. That sounds amazing. Personally, banana cream. uh, I'm a fan of that. If you like banana, that's for you. And they're having flash sales. Like it's gonna be too late by the time you listen, but coconut almond is currently 20% off. What's nice about those flash sales, if you go to builtbar.com daily and check it out, is you can use still use our promo code LOCKED15 and save 15%, so you get 20% off plus 15%. I am very tempted to do the mixed box with the banana cream, the churro, and the coconut almond. Those are all solid puff flavors. It is a bar that is good for you in my health food app, filling, delicious. It is the best-tasting protein bar you can find. Go to builtbar.com today, and remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. Again... It is a product i use every single day that is builtbar.com that promo code is locked 15. save time and money when you use rock auto why spend 30 50 or even 100 more for the same part from a chain store or car dealership an example they give us here is the honda odyssey full pu- fuel pump is 353 from a chain only 216 from rock auto it's a family-owned business serving do it yourself for over 20 years rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And I always point out, I know nothing about cars. You can still get your filters and get things like windshield wipers, things that are you can watch a YouTube video to install and save money at rockauto.com. And make sure that when you go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts for your car or truck right, locked on in the How'd You Hear About Us box to know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also, Pro tip: Go check out the rebate section to save yourself even more money when you do go to rockout.com. And again, make sure to write "Locked On," "Locked On Guardians," some form of "Locked On" to let them know we sent you. You know, we we talked about the DH rule, and that's great. And it, well, yeah, again, it is great for baseball, not great for your guardians. But let's be honest, this Cleveland Guardians team has uh, a bigger need and that need is catcher and i say this is the biggest brian levestita fan he's not coming out of the gate as your starter now i was a little bit surprised when i was looking at uh, fan graphs and i dropped the the stat qualifier down to 200 plate appearances just to kind of look at teams see what depth there is uh answer is none because it's catcher there's never any depth but when you're getting out there and you're looking at data like that uh, you're trying to figure out exactly who's valuable at that position sandy leone did have 200 plate appearances for the Marlins. That's part of the reason they went out and traded for Jacob Stallings, honestly, uh, and then trade away Jorge Alfaro, their starter. They didn't have any good options, and they went out and made that smart move. The Guardians, again, I like Levasdita, but if Hedges and Leon is who they have back there, that's uh, whew, right. <laughs> Does anyone feel good about that? You should not. Uh, I mean, it's it's you probably be better off DHing for your catchers and just letting the pitchers hit. It's it's a brutal combination there. So looking across the league, who are non-starters who conceivably could, you know, latch on somewhere? Uh, Unfortunately, one of the main guys would have been uh, Manny Pena, who went to the Braves on a two-year, $8 million contract in the offseason. He was, you know, 95 runs created plus, a 9.8 defense. He had a lot of good indicators, which is why the Braves went out and added him, right? Now, it's kind of interesting because the Braves have Travis D'Arndt who is a pretty good catcher in his own right. Uh, So they have a really good backup, and they're paying him $4 million to back up uh, their starter, which, again, I guess it's nice work uh, if you can get it, and it's nice when you're the Braves. You can have that kind of depth at the position. Uh, But, yeah, it was interesting to go look at that and realize, you know, they signed, put money into their backup catching position. Now, they aren't had a down year last year. So I guess it's also insurance. Maybe they're going to try to do some platooning there, but, uh, yeah, it's, that was interesting. That was kind of one of the names. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So when I was looking at it, it, there's essentially three names. Uh, do we go in backwards order? How do we handle it? Let's talk about Elias Diaz of the Colorado Rockies. Now, uh, he played in Colorado, which is, you know, we still know that that's always a, a situation where you're getting a guy who, uh, Gets a bit of an advantage from their hitting, but DS is a 31 year old catcher. Colorado's also going nowhere, so there is that as well. And for some reason, my computer isn't loading his page. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> there we go. Because I'm trying to pull up his Savant data as we're talking. Uh, he actually had a really bad framing data. Now his fan graph score as defensively had him last year at about a 11.7. So they gave him a lot of defensive value. His runs created was a 92. So you're looking at again, I mean, a 92 is about league average. That was in only 106, well, 106 games is good for a catcher. What am I saying? In only 371 plate appearances. Uh, the data isn't great on him. You know, he doesn't strike out a lot, but he doesn't, none of the other data is really, is whiff percentage. Again, when the K is, is good, you expect the whiff to. There isn't a whole lot there. He's really kind of a low average swing, but the Rockies are the Rockies, so I expected him to potentially be available. Uh, Toronto is fascinating. I know everyone's going to be like, okay, because the Blue Jays have been at the center of like every single Jose Ramirez rumor, and they have a good minor leagues. They have the ability to go out and make uh, a mover if they wanted, and they've got all those top prospects like Gabriel Moreno is, of course, probably the big name. Uh, at the catcher position, and he's ready to go. What did Jansen do last year? Their current technical starter. Uh, well, looking at the data again for him, runs created plus of a 105. That's after you know his last time he got an extended look. Well, he got a good look in 2020. It was at an 84. The year before that, when he had 300 384 player appearances, he was at a 68. You know, there's a lot of positive feel after his late call up in 2018. It hasn't come together consistently for him. He's been a solid defender, and he was worth 1.4 a year ago. Uh, So You have him under team control through 2025. So if you trade for him, you get him for 22, 23, 24. Three years of team control, right-handed catcher, good defensive numbers, now, he just hasn't played enough. His framing data was a 58, so that's solid. His max exit velocity is a 79, so that's pretty good. His sprint speed is 65. That's interestingly good for a catcher. There's a lot of things to like for him. question is, you know, is Toronto feel comfortable enough just running with their young kids? I, I don't have an answer for that yet. I don't know where they are, and I don't know how much you value any of these catchers. I mean, he's not a proven catcher, but uh, general to all things, he's, he's got pretty good data. You know, he's a guy that you look at and you see an opportunity for him to be an above league average catcher with multiple years of control. So you're betting on a, an unknown with potential above average upside. I mean, ceiling on a player like that is, if Jansen can repeat what he did this past year, it's probably a top five to 10 catcher. It's a league average-ish bat and league average-ish defense and above league average framing. That's good. That's three years of control. I just don't know how you value a guy who's far from proven. Uh, again, a lesser deal with Toronto is something that I'm totally on board with. If a net you a catcher, I would much rather run with a Danny Jansen, see if that can work, than a Sandy Leon. That's just why run with a guy who you already know is done. Like, why run with a guy who's just not good uh, and has not been good for a few years just for veteran reliability? I, that's that's not the way to go. That's You're making your whole team worse, and you know he's going to play a lot because of how much uh, Tito loves those bats. Like, he's not going to be glued to the bench. He's going to get a lot of at-bats. I'm not looking forward to where he randomly plays DH to get the the bat in there. Now, that may not happen, but be honest. You can also see that happening, can't you? Uh, His framing last year for Leon was 91st percentile. So there is that. Like, he was one of the best framers. But uh, sprint speed of 8, max exit velocity of 40. He's not going to do anything with the bat. Um, so it's all defense, which I mean, the team set up for now there's kind of the two big names left at this point in time, right? One is Sean Murphy. And as I've talked about at the first part of the show, uh, his cost is probably prohibitive. Like just like, you know, a Matt Olson with at the athletics, with the athletics, it's also prohibitive. I don't think they're willing to pay that high cost, uh, Murphy, you know not to say they couldn't have drafted him uh you can go back well, i don't even know if you can go back find my rankings anymore but i gave murphy a first round grade saw him do things that were unusual for the catching position got to see him in person after he broke his handmate bone a lot of people did not get to see him and that caused him to drop a bit in his draft year uh for instance indians drafted and gave more money to logan ice drafted logan ice first uh, over murphy and then gave ice more money uh switch hitting catcher who had caught you know he was at a, a bigger program he had caught high level stuff it's the unfortunateness of uh, he had one good year and that happened to be his draft year and he got a little bit overvalued due to that. The other player is probably the one that makes the most sense. And that's Wilson Contreras over at the Cubs. Now, uh, you know, I was reading somewhere. It was an athletic, was an MLB trade rumor piece. But, well, he can maybe get some time at, at DH now. I, that would be a foolish asset use. Like, he's got a year left. You're the Cubs. You're in a long-term rebuild. Now, the Cubs... Sign Stroman. They might still get active in free agency. They have money to spend. I don't think they're afraid to spend. So they might do that. But trading Contreras still gives them more value, and trading him to the Indians allows Carter Hawkins to get prospects he's inf- you know not infinitely intimately familiar. Well, I don't know, if <laughs> guys. He knows the best. Let's just put it that way and move on. Uh, he knows a lot of those players. He scouted. He you know worked with some of them. There's a lot more that he knows. That is the deal that makes the most sense. You get Contreras for a year. You don't pay a huge cost because it is a rental essentially. Uh, the Cubs get a player that they could potentially get six years of control of. They can use that DH spot to you know, test out someone like uh, Clint Frazier if he's healthy and back, or you know, move Frank Schwindel there and then see about signing someone from the first base. You know, there is always interesting first base players uh, that you can maybe hope you can cash your chips in later on in the season. Sign them. They have a good year and you trade them. Uh, that is always a possibility as well. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to move on uh, to get a piece. And it makes a lot of sense for the Indians because you have Livestita uh, this whole year getting ready. You can hopefully, by end of the year, maybe he's getting in some spot work in the majors. He's already on the 40 man. Uh, we know they don't like to rush guys up and catch her. It's not like he's a plus player there. He's good. He's the ability, I think, to be a good defender at that position. But I don't think he's necessarily going to be like Perez, Hedges, or, or Leone, And the question is, are they willing to take a step down to get a little bit more offense? I don't know. We'll have to see. But Contreras would still, I mean, one can make a case that, you know, Contreras is already that step down, but they also ran with Wilson Ramos last year, who was a pretty big step down in terms of his defense. So uh, they have shown some recent uh, willingness to take a step down to get something there. I don't know. We'll have to see. But Contreras still makes the most sense. He just, all around, makes the most sense to Cleveland. Especially if you can work some of the fringes, trade some of those lesser prospects that are not uh, vitally important to your team, that are you know already in up-the-middle talent, where you have so many players that uh, even if you're good, it's going to be hard to see the light of day. Let's take our last break, come back, and talk more about the Guardians. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where to find to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this offseason. season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to your favorite Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we discussed it last week that the... Uh, Spring training is going to happen on time, let's be honest, and move on from that. Uh, you should probably address the court uh, case, if you missed it, where uh, uh, teams that have, like, minor league players not on the 40-man roster come out and take part in camp feel that that counts as training, so they shouldn't have to play those players. They put them up, they feed them, they take care of them. That It's like going to camp, and that that would cost you, if you were, like, a college player, if you wanted to go to, like, a summer camp with the level of instruction and housing and everything, that's worth several thousands of dollars. It's a pretty bad argument. (laughs) We've already talked about the owners are really doing a poor job in this lockout to do anything other than make themselves look awful, where um, they complained about the cost of the sport. They said, you know, recently Rob Manfred, I won't uh, get into his whole thing, but he said that, you know, the stock market is a better investment than a baseball team. I, I don't think I've ever seen a stock market investment be as consistent in its return on investment and a constantly up going price. Again, remember that when the Dolans sell the Indians, they're going to, it looks like, make a profit of nearly a billion dollars for less than twenty years of work. And if it's not a billion, it's still gonna be something like eight hundred million for, you know, uh, from when they bought the team in 03, 04 to now. So in about all in all, twenty years to turn 400 million into close to, you know, 1.4 by the time it's all said and done, it's, and that's not counting any money they made along the way, which again, I have a hard time believing they really lost a ton of money. But yeah, uh, Manfred made that statement about, you know, it's, it's a better investment to invest in stocks. And again, on top of, you know, hey, you get all the cachet that goes with it. You have all those free tickets, you get to do all those extra things. Like, don't tell me there is not value in owning a team beyond the bottom line. And I don't believe that. So they've done a really poor job in terms of negotiating in public uh, because they're used to being able to use older approaches where the longer these things went, uh, fans turned on players, but that was before we had this big open information age and players can better leverage information. And when we've talked about, again, the owners just misstep, misstep, misstep so far to then have this lawsuit come out is like the worst possible time where... We've already had all of this debate and they've already looked really bad um, where even like people who had backed them in terms of like the Senate at one point in time, I remember there was like a bill essentially to like help keep minimum wage, not applying to minor leaguers. And uh, eventually one of the people who helped sponsor that bill backed away once they kind of, someone got in their ear and explained how bad it looked and that everything was not quite how it was presented. So they've already got that bad look and we've, you know, years of bad looks about not playing paying minor leaguers. Uh, Anything at all, or even really taking care of them, and this whole idea that they're going to finally give them housing is kind of not the best look. Uh, But it's good that it's happening. But it's been slow and happening. So now to have this whole thing where it's like, hey, yeah, you have to come to Arizona on your own free time. Uh, We'll put you up and take care of you. You can't work. You can't have another job and make money. But we also don't think we should pay you. And if you don't do it, it's going to put you behind the eight ball. It's going to make it harder for you to have your career. It just doesn't look good, and again, it's not like you have to pay a huge amount of money. There's just certain things you could do to make that not turn into an ugly situation. But the owners are just—is anyone out there feel like they're doing a good job during this? I, you know, again, I'm not—I got in trouble for saying it's billionaires versus millionaires, and people showing that like most baseball players aren't millionaires. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's still like the rich versus the rich. Okay, it's just the ex, the obnoxiously rich versus the kind of rich. And yes, I know players get taxed at such a high rate because they make a lot of money. And those who get up, you know, a lot of players leave baseball um, having barely had a cup of coffee and not having made hardly any money for all those years. And there are those guys who, I mean, they fight it out for years and years and don't really get to collect anything because you don't get paid much in the minors and you maybe got up for a bat or two and it was a short-term thing and you got a high tax rate for that temporary time. So there's a lot of parts but at the end of the day it's still the major league players association is a collection of very rich people the owners are a collection of obnoxiously rich people both sides are um you know it's hard to root find a rooting interest there are things i've liked in both sides proposals as a fan of the guardians Uh, i think the longer this goes on the more damage both sides just kind of do to the sport we'll see uh how it goes i just thought i had to mention this court case because just last week's show, I talked about, well, we'll probably see some form of spring training with minor league talent and that someone like Oscar Gonzalez that could benefit. Uh, I saw Ken Rosenthal did a piece and he mentioned the Rule 5 in there and how it could be crazy that the Rule 5 could happen as spring training is happening. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the rush of players to sign. It's going to be uh, a disaster on a lot of ways. It's just going to be, okay, everyone wants to sign and get to camp. Everyone needs to go. You've only got a few weeks of camp. We got to see what we can figure out. It's going to be breakneck if everything comes together in time. Right now, we still, uh, you know, about the best piece of news we do have is that uh, the Players Association didn't hate the owner's last offer as much as they expected to. So we will see. Uh, In terms of the Guardians, I'm going to just keep saying what I've been saying, that this team really probably needs to add a catcher, or first baseman, and one outfielder, and then a relief arm or two. We'll see if they can figure it out, what they can manage. Uh, I also have a sinking suspicion when things are that chaotic. uh, They might try to bring in some of those cheap players. It seems like the perfect time to do, like, the Guardian special of trying to find, you know, the Scott Casimir, the Brian Shaw, the Jeff Manships, the so-on-so-on, so on, where they go out. And now, occasionally, you also get the Domingo Santanas, the other side of that coin. But we're going to see a bunch of those deals, maybe even on some players you didn't expect. If draft pick compensation goes away, I will say this. It does seem like it's going to go away. And if all of a sudden somebody, like... Uh, Well, again, it comes down to how much this new group of DHs is going to kind of shake things up uh, in terms of teams having another need, but it might open the Guardians up for someone like Michael Conforto. That might be all of a sudden our new high-end player. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on something like a two-year deal or even with no draft pick compensation on a one-year deal, because then he could come to Cleveland try to rehabilitate value and then hit the next market. And with the Guardians not losing a draft pick, they may not be as afraid of such an idea. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Remember to rate and review, download daily. All of that really helps. Thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.